because not only am I having to speak after Brother Jim McComas, then I'm having to speak after Brother David uh, Crow. On top of that, I have to speak after lunch. (laughs) So, uh, but it is still uh, good to come and be with you. And uh, Brother David was talking and and giving all these uh, words Brother Chris mentioned, you know, all these great inspiration and supplication and education. And then he gets to me and he said, he sweats. So, but I guess that's, that's what it is. But it's good to be, to be back in South Carolina. Brother Chris mentioned last time I was here two years ago, a little over after the flooding. I got a couple of times to come up here and, and work and work with some of the people here. And I, and I enjoyed the time. It's always almost bad to say I really enjoyed being there when y'all were blown away and <laughs> flooded and all but uh, you know it, it's work that uh, needs to be done and, and I appreciate the opportunity that God gives me to be able to help where I can and I'm going to do speak of this a little bit about uh, developing leaders and some things you probably already know and, and probably not going to give you a whole lot of, of new stuff but sometimes it's good to be reminded is that you're not going to find a perfect leader because there's no perfect people. Um, We all have our faults, uh, some of us more than others, but there's always something we can look at, and it seems like that's, especially in the world, that's what they want to point out, uh, different things uh, about that. uh, Everyone, I'm sure, is familiar at this point. uh, Reverend Billy Graham passed away, and I was looking on the Internet, and most everything was great, great compliments and, and comments. But you have some people that, you know, didn't like Billy Graham. And so you're not going to please everybody at, at any point or any time. But, you know, the Bible has a lot of ex- examples of, of great leaders. Of course, Moses. Uh, we think of Moses. We think Moses was a great leader. I mean, millions of people followed him in the wilderness. And, you know, some of us can't get somebody to follow us to Shoney's or whatever, you know. <laughs> But uh, just a, a great leader. But, you know, he had issues, a lot of self-doubt. You remember when God first talked to him about going to see Pharaoh, what did he say? He just like us. Oh, absolutely, I'm ready to go. <laughs> N- me? You kidding? And so he said, well, take Aaron along with you. And best I can tell, most I read, Aaron just kind of stood there holding a stick uh, during that time. But Moses was a, a leader, but he had issues. Noah, of course, Noah, you know, God told him to, to do something new, do something different, and he was willing to do it. He didn't get much response out of that. Preached for 120 years or whatever and couldn't get anybody but his family. And I know sometimes, you know, we can't all be like David Crow and have 17,000 get saved in a sermon, but... Uh, you know, we hope for a little bit better than that sometimes. Joshua, boy, Joshua had some big shoes to fill when it came his turn. And I know some pastors I've seen over the years that have stepped in behind and after a great preacher. And that's sometimes, that's, that's really difficult to do. It, it's almost like sometimes you're uh, just kind of uh, thrown to the wolves after that, uh, isn't it? But you still got to do it. Nehemiah, you know, Nehemiah, when I became director of Masters Men, I started praying for my verse. 
And being men's ministry, you know, there's there's a lot of good ones. You know, iron sharpens iron, standing in the hedge. But I was in, you know, just studying Bible one night and and reading out of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter four verse six. The latter part of that had a scripture that just really spoke to me about who I am and who I wanted to see Master's men do. And he's talking about they got the wall built halfway up all the way around the city. And the, how they did it was the people had a mind to work. Being, being servants. And we'll get in a little bit more of that. But not to leave the ladies out, the Bible tells a story about Naomi. And Naomi was a great leader in her own right in that probably wasn't uh, just a, uh, a great motivational speaker, but she set the right example and had people to follow her, her daughters-in-law. And then Esther. And, and what we can really learn about Esther is Esther knew when to listen. She knew when to speak, when to move, and when to do the right thing in the right way at the right time. And I know that's, that's hard for some of us sometimes to know when the right time is or to be patient. And not everyone's called to be a leader, but everyone leads in some way or another at certain times or another. Let me go over a few things that are characteristics, I believe, of a leader. First is faithfulness. Uh, they prove themselves. Uh, before I got into men's ministry, I was uh, worked with youth ministry and still do uh, to a point. And I had a lot of people that really wanted to work with our youth when you're doing something fun. When you're going on a trip or you're going you know, to have some, some kind of exciting event, but the rest of the time, where were they? You know, a good leader is going to be there in all the times. Being... Uh, Proving themselves and what they do. Another is maturity, not being childish. First Corinthians thirteen, eleven. He says, "When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things." Back looking around. Uh, most in here, it looks like, are probably my age or a little bit older. Uh, I just turned 60 back in November. And uh, when we were, I see some laughs going on. Maybe not everybody. Anyway, when, uh, when I was uh, a kid, the age of maturity was figured to be somewhere between 18 and 21. Then several years later, I think it went up to more like 25. Now they will tell you, psychologists and people that study this, that the age maturity or, uh, may be up more like 28 to 30 in the culture we live in. And, you know, we can look around and, and see that in society, can't we? We need our leaders to be mature. They need to be in the Word. To know it, to love it, live it, and share it. Working with young people a lot of times, and, and even adults uh, these times, you can't get them to say anything or do anything because they don't know anything. 
Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know what to do till I did it. And the more I did it, the easier it got. And it's kind of like that, that vine, when things are right, it just happens. When you do it, it just comes natural to us. We need to be in the Word, studying it uh, and preparing ourselves. Characteristics of good leaders is to have a, a, a vision with a servant's heart. Um, I, I can't do a lot of things other than sweat, but I can sweat for Jesus. <laughs> Having a servant's heart. I, I, for me, that, and, and I'm not trying to bring this up, I'm saying that's, you know, I, I, I like to get in there and do things. That's the way I was raised. That's, that's who I am. That's part of my DNA. And having a vision and having that servant's heart and being able to uh, serve and to, to look at situations. Uh, we need somebody that can... I like to surround myself. Um, I, I do a lot of things, uh, a lot of places. And how you make yourself look good is surround yourself with people that are good. You know, it, it's hard sometimes in leadership not to want to do everything. I have two sons, and, and growing up, sometimes it's easier for me just to do it than to show them how or to tell them how. Um, and at times I think, boy, I've failed them in so many ways, um, but not in the important ways. They're, I'm very blessed with my sons. But, you know, sometimes we... we uh, it's hard for somebody to look at something and, and not see what needs to be done. And a leader needs to have that vision, to be able to see and, and uh, imagine to what, how they can lead in that way and how they can do what they need to do. They need to be committed. I'm seeing more and more in society today a generation of quitters. When the going gets tough, they get going. They don't keep going, they get going. It's easy just to quit and let somebody else do it or quit and let it die along the way. But leaders are going to be committed to follow through with the task, to finish what they started. Um, I have a, a lot of folks and a lot of different things and, and you see it in ministry all, all the time. Of people that want something done and, and want to get it started but they want somebody else to do it. If... And I know you pastors have seen this and, and, and had it and, and other things you do. People come up and say, we need to have this. And you say, we sure do. Won't you do that? Oh, no. Oh, you. Wait a minute. Who are you talking to? I said, we need it. I didn't say, I need it. Oh, I need to do it. But we need leaders that are, are committed. We need leaders that are prayer warriors. Talking to God on a regular basis. Um, I talk to God a lot in little spurts, about like I do, you know, a lot of other people. Just, just, you know, here and there, now and then. When I, I mean, we need prayer time, but, but I, I talk to God a lot because I need a lot of help. And despite what some people on television may say, 
God talks back to me sometimes too. You know, I might be mentally ill, I don't know, but, but God talks to me, and I don't hear that audible voice, but it's just as good. And I'm going to stop there with that. But, but we need to talk to God and then listen for Him to talk us back. Um, I, ask, I ask God a lot of questions what I should do. Because Brother David's a redneck, and that, that shows if you're around him much. Well, I'm a hillbilly. We got any other hillbillies in here? Hallelujah. I know there's some Christians in this place. I'm a hillbilly from eastern Kentucky. I mean, you know, and there is a big difference, amen, between rednecks and hillbillies. So when Brother Dave was talking about canceling three months' worth of, of meetings, ask him who canceled most of those. That's that redneck girl of his. I think she was on the phone before he got to the hospital canceling the. But we need, we need praying. And then we need leaders with integrity. And you, I'm sure you probably heard the definition of integrity is what you do when no one's looking. Um, I guess probably we all have secrets that we're glad that other people don't know in our thoughts and our lives and our actions. But we need leaders that have integrity, that what you see is what you get. Uh, I guess the greatest compliment, and I'm taking it as a compliment. Sometimes, you know, you have to really fish and, and you get a compliment wherever. Brother Bill Evans, who used to be uh, director of our uh, board of retirement and our foundation, told me one time, he said, you're you no matter where you're at. And I, you know, I took his compliment. He might be saying you're about as bad anywhere you are, but uh, we need to be who we are and be what we need to be at, at all times. But we need to develop leaders, and we need to develop leaders in the right way, and we need to develop leaders by being leaders. Leaders lead. They don't push, pull, drag, or bully. A lot of leaders um, try to shame you or, or those in leadership position, let me say, uh, try to shame you or, or force you in one way or another. I, you know, as leaders, we need to expect results, but then be patient. Uh, I said, Moses, he, he was a leader. He led 40 years, years in the wilderness, and he still never made it out of there. But we've got to be patient with people and here's something, pastors and, and Christians, let me, let me say, don't expect a sinner to act like a Christian. Don't expect somebody that's never been to church to come in and start acting like you act or like you should act anyway. It takes time. It takes patience. It, it takes development. It takes leading to get them where they need to be. And we need to be patient. But you know, I believe we live in a society... I call it a fast food mentality. You pull up to McDonald's and you place your order and you pull up there and you hear, Well, I want a Big Mac and fries and cheeseburger and Coke and or Diet Coke. You know, I'm having all this other stuff. I've got to have Diet Coke. 
and 15 seconds later, you're up at the first window. They've got a sign there that says, have your money ready when you pull up. So you're now 15 seconds into it. You're paid. You're up to the next window in 20 seconds, and you're wondering why my Big Mac is not in my hand already. And that's the way we treat people sometimes. We're very impatient with them. As leaders, we need to be patient. Expect results, but be patient and also be leaders. Never ask someone to do what you're not willing to do. Leading by example. We have a lot of leaders that want to tell other people what to do and how to do it, but they're not willing to do it themselves. Brother Chris mentioned this morning when I got here for his report that there's a lot of People want to be preachers, but not as many want to be pastors. And those are not the same. God has never called me to be a pastor. Um, I don't have the disposition for that because when somebody comes up to me and says something stupid and I say, are you stupid? That's not going to go over real well. Most, now, Jim might say that, right, Brother David? Yeah. You know, there's a difference. Yeah. And I've heard Brother David say this, and I've thought this myself. There's a lot of, of good preachers that don't make good pastors. But there's a lot, a lot of good pastors that maybe not that good a preacher, but people put up with bad or not as good preaching for a good pastor, a good leader, a good shepherd. Pastors lift and encourage and reward Who, who doesn't like to have a pat on the back? A word of encouragement. Some way to, to lift you up and, 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 and excite you about what you're doing. About being excited about coming to church. You know, Brother, Brother Jim does a fantastic job. I wasn't here for the, this morning, but I've heard him. He does a fantastic job talking about revitalizing churches and, and going through the stuff. And, and people get excited about it. Why don't we have that excitement? You know, we get ready to go somewhere. We're going to see Mickey Mouse or we're going to do something. And what are we going to do? We're going to talk about it and we're all excited about it. But how excited are we about going to church? Do we talk about it? Are we excited to get to go to church? We need to... I'm getting off subject. We need to be excited about what we're doing as leaders. We need to be encouraging and uplifting, and nobody wants to be around somebody that's moping around all the time. We want to be around people that, that have excitement and, and whatever. Leaders will equip their team with the resources they need. I just happened to be able to look in the disaster response trailer you've got out here. Boy, that's a nice trailer. But there's a lot of stuff that's not in there. Let me tell you, you go, I'm excited to be in, in South Carolina and not leave here covered in mud. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you can use in there. And if you're going to send guys out to do the work, they need to have some equipment. And, you know, I, I believe there's probably some churches here. There's probably some people sitting here that has some old stuff laying around they haven't used in years that would be good on that trailer. We need to equip those on the team when we're in leadership. Then we need to pray. 
Going back to prayer again. And that's where it starts. We need to, to pray for and pray with. As I travel around, a lot of times I'll be in a meeting or something like that, and sometimes it's in a hotel or something. And I, on several occasions, I've had somebody that worked there say, are you here with this you know, group of Christians, these pastors? I said, yeah. They said, well, will you pray about this for me, about my daughter, my son, my, you know, something or other? You know, I'm going to stop right then and pray with them. Uh, I had a, a friend up in, in the Northeast call me and tell me he's ha- having to have surgery on the phone. You know, you can pray over the phone. You can pray for people wherever you're at. It, I, don't, I wasn't looking at him, and, and again, I'm kind of wandering here a little bit, but, but we need to pray, praying for our uh, folks, praying for those that we're working with. And then we need to look. Look for leadership traits in people. Everybody is not designed the same way to do the same things. People have different talents. I, I think if you look in there, there's several spots in there where the Bible talks about that. There's some can do one job that, that God's not calling them to do another job. And we all have talents. We all have abilities. And we need to be observant in that. I think a lot of times we miss things because we're not looking. We're not paying attention. As leaders, we need and, and going to develop leaders, we need to be looking and, and seeing where a person's talents and, and their strong points are. And I know Brother Brad Ransom, who director of our uh, church planters, has these different assessments that you can do, you know, spiritual gifts and different things like that, that tells people where their strong points are. And when you find that in somebody, plug them in and, and use them. I think a lot of times we don't have people doing jobs because they're not asked. And, and sometimes that little bit of encouragement just by asking them what to do. And that's the next thing is ask. Ask questions. Ask people. You know, what do you like to do? And lift them up and encourage them to do that. Listening to what the answers are. And finally, start small. seen so many situations. Again, I, I'm hillbilly born and raised up in the hills of eastern Kentucky, and you uh, probably some of you have seen this too over the years. You have somebody that, you know, is just a, not a Christian, I won't go, you know, and they come to revival on Saturday night, they get saved, they accept Jesus, hallelujah, and everybody's excited, they come to church on Sunday morning, and they announce their call to preach, and by two weeks later they're pastoring a church down the road. A year later, you can't find them anywhere. I'm not saying God can't call you to into that. I just don't think He does it very often. I think we need to start small, and we need to develop leaders, finding their talents, finding their gifts, using them small. Matthew 25, verse 21. Jesus said... And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And talking what Brother David was talking about this morning, starting out with the little things, doing the little things. 
when God sees you're faithful, when God sees you, He can trust you, when God sees that He can trust you and you're faithful over the little things, He's going to be doing bigger and greater things in your life. And we need to develop our leaders. We don't need to throw somebody in where they're not ready or they're not prepared. We don't need... Because so many times, I think so many times we have ruined people by putting them in too early and not developing them. I, I think one of the biggest areas that most churches fall short these days is, is our discipleship programs. We're not discipling people. We're getting them saved and then we're throwing them in there. We need to disciple and train and, and lift them up. We need a generation of leaders because we're skipping around on, on a lot. It, it excites me to see young people. It excites me to see young faces. We just held, early part of this week, we held our uh, summit for our church planters in Nashville and see all these young faces, these young couples that are there on, on fire for the Lord. And they're being trained and, and just what we have did and, and done and what we've done other things. We need to disciple them, young Christians, train them, being patient with them, understanding that they don't see things the way we do. Yeah, you know, we, charge, we talk church talk a lot. We use church words that the lost don't understand uh, these words. And we've got to get it down where people understand what we're talking about and developing leaders. And if we'll do this, be patient, go through you know, some of these processes, I think we're going to see great things. And I'm uh, uh, not demeaning our ladies in any form or fashion, but God called me into ministry with men. Our men are missing the mark. We've, we've lost some generations of men being men. Uh, we're, we've feminized too many in our society today, and, and we're seeing that. Men need to step up and be men. I, I believe with all my heart, if we'll focus in our churches, focus more on, on developing godly men and getting them in there and getting them serving. Statistics show if we, and, and I'm, you know, in, I love youth ministry. I've done it for years and, and, and still am working with youth camp. If I can make it to June of this year, it'll be 39 years I've been doing youth camp. I love youth camp and working with young people. Statistics show we get young people in. Most time that's who we get. But then it shows if we get women in, a lot of times we get the kids in until they get old enough to decide they don't want to come. But it shows when we get men in, we get the family in. And that's what Satan is working on, destroying families. And we need to get our men in, get them motivated, work with them, get it, uh, get them, find out what they're interested in. Uh, you know, uh, working with young people, I used to tell people, stepped on something, I used to tell people working with young people, if God's not calling you into it, to stay away from it because it'll break your heart. Then I started working with men. Youth ministry is a breeze. <laughs> it's hard to get men motivated because we're drawn in so many different directions between work and church and family and hobbies and all these other things like that. But we've got to get them motivated and get them excited and serving in the way they should serve. Closing, John Maxwell says, the leader knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the opportunity you give us to serve you. Lord, I pray for this uh, group that have gathered together for each individual, for each church, 
for each conference and for the state association. I pray, God, that you will continue to work through them, bless them. Help us, Lord, as a denomination to grow leaders, Lord, that for the future, the future is bright. We've got so many things that can be done and should be done, Lord, and we want it to be done. And we ask for your guidance in all these things. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.